Hey everybody, welcome back to Raising the Remnant with Whitney. I'm Whitney Stanman and thank you so much for coming back for episode two. Truly that means a lot to me if you got through the welcome and intro. I'm praying that this this podcast will speak to you. Uh, when I was thinking about what to do for my second episode, I got to be real. I went back to the drawing board. I actually had recorded it and then was praying about it. And the Lord was like, nope, that's not quite it, Whitney. And so here I am. Here I am asking him to speak through me that I would share with you something that will shift shift us into a community of God's people who who raise up a remnant within our children who will withstand no matter the times, circumstances, lack of truth, godlessness, worldliness, or any other thing that would come against them or, you know, desire to catch them, you know, hold, hold them. Um, but I really think that if we're going to examine how we raise a remnant, I feel like we need to examine ourselves as a remnant. Do you see yourself as a remnant? And what I mean by that is, as I was preparing for this, I really thought, Lord, if we're going to talk about remnants, we got to talk about how we, how we get there. How do we get there? And I think uh, later on, I'm going to share more of my testimony, but I came to know the G- know Jesus at a very young age. And when I would read scripture, I, I just don't, I don't know if this is just who I am, but I just started examining people, places, organizations I was in, you know, even the family I was in of like, is what we're doing matching up with the narrative of scripture, right? Like I have given you not just the Holy Spirit, but power, right? I have given you, my sheep know my voice. That means that I should know his voice. That is my right by being in him. I should know what he's saying. I should know what he's not saying. I should be able to discern his will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, right? Isaiah 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear my voice behind you saying, "Walk this, this is the way, walk in it, which means my birthright is that I'm not a confused person. My birthright is that I know the will of my father. I know his voice and I can discern that and I can walk in it. My birthright and my inheritance and my narrative is that no longer has he called me a slave, but he has called me a friend and everything that he has, that the father has told him, he's told me because that's what he told us in his own ministry here on earth. That's what he told his disciples and we are his disciples if we are in him. And there's this place of if we're going to raise a remnant, we have to be a remnant. We have to know who we are, and we have to examine any single thing, any action, any, you know, organization, any, any daily tasks that would set itself up against that. And, and I, I feel like having done ministry with my husband alongside him for many years, you know, we've actually led home churches. We've done ministry together. We've led ministry. I've spoken for many years, but I believe that the story that we allow to be told 
over our lives will eventually transpose itself into the lives of our children. And so when we're thinking about a remnant, right, when I going back to what the word of the Lord says is, do I believe that his plans for me are good, pleasing and perfect? Do I believe that he knit me together in my mother's womb and that there is something that only I can do and only I can bring into the world that I I am in? And that and that anything that stops me from doing that is not of him. Anything that would stop me from going into all the nations, preaching the gospel, driving out demons in his name and and healing the sick, anything that stops me from doing that is absolutely anti Christ within me. And and that is the spirit against the remnant, is anything that is anti-Christ. That's the spirit that will come against my children constantly, even as I teach them in the way they should go, that then when they get older, they would not depart from it. The things that will come against them is anti-Christ, right? Not just anti-Christ because, oh, you're a Christian and that's why. It's anti-Christ because the demonic hates Christ in me right? We have become one with Christ, right? That is our inheritance. And so when I think about being a mom, I just am going to ask you what narratives, what, what things have you not examined in your life recently? And what do I mean by this? Um, let's see. You go to church, you're, you're going to be part of a parents of teenagers course. Maybe God wants you there, and maybe he does not, but we have to be willing to come against a narrative that says, oh, this is definitely a good thing. And so I should be there, right? In other words, it's just because it's good doesn't always mean it's God. Just because it's okay, just because it's permissible does not mean it's beneficial. And so we have to be willing, if we're going to raise a remnant, we have to we have to think critically. We have to give ourselves permission to challenge narratives that have been spe- spelled over our lives as parents over in the world, both by the world and by the church, if we're being honest, right? We have to, we have to take everything and, and transpose it through who we are in Christ uniquely, right? You're, you are Christ's unique value proposition to the world, right? In business, the unique value proposition is what, ma- what sets you apart, what makes you different. It's what makes you unique, and and able to do something someone else cannot. We'd be willing to know what that is, and we have to be willing to to bow down to in, not bow down to anything that would set itself up against that. And that's how we raise a remnant, right? How how do, how are they not going to bow down when when the world tries to give them a narrative that is incorrect or or is antichrist within them, right? And so I want to talk specifically about a remnant narrative that I believe comes against mothers, fathers, and families. And I hope that you'll hear me out on this because this is just something that has been in my heart for a long time in direct correlation with with challenging the narrative that I am sold. And this goes right into our mindset as well. There is a holiday that most of us will celebrate every single May. For me, uh, yeah, I'm talking about Mother's Day. And before you get all crazy on me, I'm not saying that Mother's Day is wrong to celebrate. I'm just giving you an idea of how I believe that the world's narrative seeps into us as God's people. And we cannot allow that narrative to seep in. 
I was speaking with a friend a few years ago, and we were talking about Mother's Day. And she had asked me, she said, Whitney, what are you doing for Mother's Day? And I said, I don't really like Mother's Day. And she's like, what? She's like, oh, come on. She's like, every mom deserves, you know, space to get pampered and loved and celebrated for all the things that she does all year for her family. And I was like, what? (laughs) That doesn't track for me. And it's not that I don't love to be celebrated, you know, or appreciated. Of course, those are wonderful things, right? But I, I chose to have my children, you know, I, in fact, I wanted children so badly that I, I mean, I would spend time praying for that, right? Dreaming about what it would be like to be a mom. And for most of us, that's probably the case, not for everyone. That's not everyone's story, but for probably a lot of us, that is our story. We wanted children. We would have given most anything to have them. And we were so excited when we found out we were pregnant. We were like, let's do this, right? You went and registered for baby gifts and and you prepared nurseries and you know, our bodies got stronger. And, and I mean, it just like we just got a whole new identity of mother that was birthed onto us as we held that child in our arms. And I feel like somewhere between that and my conversation with my friend about Mother's Day and what we deserve to have, the blessing of our children got lost in translation. And you know, I get it. It gets lost in the translation of sleepless nights, whether you have babies that you're still sleep training or teenagers that have been out past curfew and you're nervous about where they are and what they're doing. It got lost in the translation of feeding schedules or allergies or medical diagnoses that are difficult. And that's understandable, right? We are human and we don't have a God who is enabled to sympathize with our humanity, but we can't sow in our humanity and expect that we are going to have a remnant pop up. If I sow in what is naturally human for me, I'm probably going to get what's naturally human for them. And that's not what a remnant is. I believe a remnant is supernaturally equipped to do what is impossible on a natural human level and do something that only God can do through me and in me as I am united with him. And, and I want to go through that a little bit as like a narrative, right? Like your children do not owe you anything. Let me say that again. They do not owe you anything. Should we expect respect from our children? Absolutely. But if we are going to accept respect, expect respect from our children, we are going to have to sow respect into their lives and our relationship with them. I want to read real quick just a couple of scriptures that just, you know, that just kind of come against that, that narrative, if you will, of 
I'm a mom. I deserve a day of rest. You know, I want a break from my kids or, you know, it, and that's true of even moms and dads. You know, my husband and I get flack all the time because half the time we take our kids with us on our dates. And I'm just going to be honest here. And this is just a challenge. You know, if we are not raising children that we enjoy being around, that we enjoy, they lift us up, we lift them up. Like if we're, if we're not raising children that are a blessing unto us, how are they going to be a blessing unto others? Right? They, they are our blessing. They are not our burden. So where did we accept a narrative that is anything other than that? Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. That means that they're my gift, whether they're one, 10, 20, and beyond. They're my gift. They're my gift no matter how they're acting in that moment. They are still my gift. That is a reward a fruit of the womb that is a reward unto me. Now, I wonder in that that narrative that I was speaking of earlier with Mother's Day, where does that communicate to our children that they're a gift and a reward? When I say to them, I'm ready for a day to be pampered. Oh gosh, I just, you know, it's just nice to have a day with, you know, where, where it gets to be about me. And to again, I would say that if we are not raising a remnant who can care about my needs in every bit as much as I care about theirs, then how are they ever supposed to go into the world and care about the needs of others? When I maintain connection and alignment with God, my husband, and my children, it allows me to get from them what I need in as much as I give them what, what they need. And I think there is this, this place as a parent where we feel like it's our job to just give them everything they need. Except that when we look at God as the model of a father, he gives good gifts to his children, right? But he doesn't just give us everything we need. He expects us to also love him, respect him, honor him, obey him in return, right? And that's rooted out of relationship, not control or manipulation or anything else. It's because I love him that I do those things, right? And it's not about being perfect. It's about relationship, giving breadth and width to to the fullness that my children, no matter what age they are, they bring me blessing and are a reward. Psalm 127.4 says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. I don't know why, but I just feel like when we read that, at least, you know, growing up in the church, having read that verse a million times, it almost feels like an arrow is like, you know, oh, well, later on in life, they become an arrow in the hand of a warrior. See, but I don't, I don't think that's really true. I think that the warrior in this is us as parents and the arrow is our children, right? And so they, they are a, they are an instrument 
in our hands to to bring down what do you use an arrow for you use an arrow for battle they they were created to to be your like arsenal into the world to defeat the enemy right alongside you and in this podcast i want to talk about how you can start to train them up in that from a very young age and I'm going to share different things, different tactics, different ways that we are are doing this with our kids that like, listen, it's not about reaching this age of perfect maturity where all of a sudden you're ready to go out into the world and now you can be an arrow. If you don't practice with the arrows, the arrows can't be arrows, right? If you don't ever fling them, right? If you don't ever, if you don't ever launch them, they're not going to hurt or hit anything, right? They're not going to take out anybody. They're going to just continue to be in your quiver waiting there until you think it's time to finally start launching them. And I would disagree with that. There may be a time and a place and a cadence to this, right? But if we don't begin to see our children from very young ages as as arrows in the hand of a skilled warrior, then how are they supposed to fulfill a destiny they've never been trained to walk in? Psalm 127.5 says, how blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, children. That man will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Again, why do we do this thing where that's almost like, oh, at a certain age, they get to do that. That doesn't, that doesn't, that verse doesn't say anything to me about age, That means even at a very young age, my children can know the voice of God, encounter him, and be arrows in the hands of a skilled warrior, right? Not just from a a, a godly perspective, but how about a character perspective? How about a wisdom's perspective, right? Suffer the little children to come unto me, right? The kingdom of God is given to such as these, right? That means there must be something that the Lord is giving those kids that they only get and only receive at a very young age, right? Like there's something about children that that is this special place where they get to be practicing being a remnant even when they are young. And I think in order to do that, we must come out of agreement with a narrative that is not ours. We are not tired moms who have a thankless job where our children take more from us than they give. If I'm looking at those verses in Psalms, they're a, they're a pretty big deal to God. They're a massive reward and a massive blessing to me. And I don't know what your story is. I don't know where you're at raising kids. If you're going through a hard time, I'm with you. We trust in the Lord and work through the hard times. I'm not saying that every season is easy. I'm not saying that you have to do this perfectly and never, ever have a hard day with your kids. But what I am saying is we cannot approach raising the remnant with a narrative that says, I am tired. This is hard. This is a thankless job. I deserve more than that. We We cannot approach raising a remnant like that. 
Because if we're going to really raise a remnant, they have to know they're a remnant from the very beginning, which means that they have to see themselves as the blessing they are, that I want to be around them. And, and let's take that a step further. When you're raising young kids, I want to be around you, but I'm not willing to be around you when you are not being fun to be around, right? That's a boundaries thing. I can absolutely say that. I, because I do deserve their respect, but respect is also earned, right? And so there comes this place where we also have to respect them. When I am doing something, right? I say I have laundry that needs to be done or dishes that need to be cleaned or whatever the case may be, whatever needs to be done, right? I have a choice in how I approach that. I can either ask for help from children who absolutely can and should help when they're able, or I also can choose to do it myself with a cheerful attitude, with the heart of a servant that says, you know what? My kids are outside and they're having a blast and I don't want to interrupt that. I want them to still have a blast. So I'm just going to do it myself, you know, or, or I can allow them to do it when they have time, right? They're finishing up a game. They're finishing something they're playing. They're finishing homework, right? Or whatever the case may be. And I can literally say, hey, when you're done with that, can you give me a hand with this? Yeah, mom, no problem, right? And and my point is, is that we have to begin to tear down the narratives that the world has sold us. When I think of Mother's Day, I, I just don't think that I need a day to do that because I'm going to be real with you that if we're raising a remnant, most of your days should be full of a family and children that you absolutely enjoy. And I can go into a lot more examples of how you cultivate that. But I wanted to make this my second episode that we would begin to give ourselves permission to question how we are approaching and communicating our own identity to our kids. If I need a break from my kids or I, you know, like to tell them that I need some time, you know, by myself, whatever. And it's not that they can't give me time by myself. You know, let's be real. If you're not getting time to yourself, then something is out of balance in your kid, in your, in your family's life. And I'm sorry if that sounds harsh, but the truth of the matter is, is that a home that is built on mutual respect and love and boundaries is that, I give my kids respect when they are playing a game and they're not done playing it to give them extra time to play it if if time allows. But I also get the love and respect that it's okay for me to come over here and not be interrupted for 20 minutes and to teach my children how, how to give me that, right? And to build that into our family life. Because somewhere along the way, I think that we've lost that. We've lost this vision that no matter how hard parenting may be, no matter what's going on in our lives, that my children are an inheritance and to ensure that that is what we are encouraging and communicating to our kids. 
that's so critical in raising a remnant that they that because a remnant understands who they are. And if they're going to understand who they are, then I can't be communicating a narrative and a story and a mindset that was never meant to be mine. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means even in my hardest days with my kids or their hardest days with me, there is so much life and life abundantly that I can't afford to create a or come into agreement, right? We, we will always... Um, what's the word? We will always manifest what we agree with. Agreement is critical. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Why? Because they're in agreement with one another. Agreement is critical even in our family. Agreement is critical in my mindset. What it, What am I in agreement with? Am I in agreement that I'm a tired mom or am I, am I in agreement that I need a break from my kids or I'm so glad I get a day to be celebrated for all the things that I do for them? Or am I communicating to them that, you know what, they are my greatest blessing. And if they want to celebrate me, great. But if they don't, great. That, that is where we must start. We must start by challenging what kind of narratives, stories, and even like books that you've read, you know, what, what are we agreeing with that then we are manifesting in our own life when it comes to parenting our kids, when it comes to how we approach parenting? I ask the Lord to just start showing us, are there are there stories that we are telling ourselves that are not in alignment and not in agreement with who my children are created to be and with who I am as a remnant in Christ? I, I pray right now, Lord, over every single man or woman listening to this podcast. I pray that you would highlight for them places where they have agreed with the way the world does it or sells it or or even like the mom club, how, you know, we talk about things that are hard. They're not hard with him, you know? Darkness is as light to him, you know? Things that confound us and confuse us are not confusing or hard for him to figure out. You know, when was the last time that we just stopped and asked the Lord? I'm not feeling respected by my kids. I'm not feeling uh, respected in my, you know, I'm not feeling taken care of. I'm not feeling loved. Lord, show me what's going on. Show me what's going on before I make any other decisions, before I go talk to anybody else about it, before I complain, right? What is it that is going on? We have to start pressing into the Holy Spirit that we were given as a birthright from Calvary. So I bless you today. I bless you with the ability to start pulling down any single mindset, thought, or narrative that does not fit who you are in Christ and 
is not fitting or befitting of producing a powerful remnant who really can go into the world and withstand anything that comes at them. Have a great night.